It's time for the setup. The fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on a Tuesday edition of the show. Cade Carlton, Will Oswalt with you here on The Ticket Radio Network. Back in studio for the first time since, or at least I'm back in studio for the first time since, uh, since last Wednesday after an eventful trip to the state of Louisiana. Uh, we'll tell you about that to, to start off the show and then kind of get a recap of last night. Uh, we'll also hear, uh, hear some audio from, uh, from Destiny Rogers in this uh, first segment as well. We'll, uh, we'll kind of bounce around uh, on some different things uh, as well, we'll uh, including college basketball, some NBA talk. Uh, and we're also going to get a chance to chat with Curtis Wilkerson over at Hog Sports uh, as well later on in the show today. But right now, Will Oswald going to get us caught up with a few headlines to begin the show today. Brought to you by the folks at Plaza Tire Service, both Jonesboro locations and Pocahontas and Kennett and all kinds of other places as well, PlazaTireService.com. Well... Time to start a new streak. The other direction. After a five-game losing skid broken in impressive fashion last night in Monroe in the postponed rainout contest down at Fant New and Coliseum, 82 to 60, four in double figures, including 19 from Lauren Pendleton. A little lineup shuffle and Trinity Jackson off the bench with a double-double, 12 points and. 10 rebounds as A-State now moves to 4-6 and six in the league and 11-12 and 12 overall. Just one regularly scheduled game this week. That's at UALR on Saturday at the Stevens Center, the last conference road matchup against that bunch. Of course, the following Saturday, they'll be here in Jonesboro. Big battle in the bud tonight in Fayetteville as Arkansas puts its eight-game win streak on the line against a team that's only won 19 in a row. The Auburn Tigers, who are not number one in both polls. They are number one in the AP, but in the coaches' poll, they were tied with Gonzaga for number one last week. But as the USA Today story said, due to a couple of blowout wins by the Zags and Auburn escaping by the skin of their teeth or whiskers or whatever against Georgia... By just four points, Auburn is number two in the USA Today Ferris Mowers Coaches Poll. Six o'clock tip at Bud Walton Arena for the nationally televised contest. Arkansas just one ever win in the state of Arkansas over a number one team. That was 38 years ago, and it wasn't even in Fayetteville because Dean Smith was too scared to play in Bud in uh, Barnhill Arena. So the Hogs just had to beat number one UNC with Michael Jordan down at the Pine Bluff Convention Center. And Grizzlies hope to bring out the brooms tonight. As they take on the Clippers at FedEx Forum, they've won all three of the games so far this season. The final meeting of the year between the two, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip here on KDA and KBR. Grizzlies continue the lead in the Southwest Division, third in the Western Conference right now with an all-star starter, Desmond Bain in the Futures game. And wonder which captain's going to pick Ja. There might be a fight for his services in the All-Star yeah. game, I wonder. Yeah, very, very well could and be. voted as a starter, of course, from the Western Conference. So I, they, they vote for him by the conference, but then 
it's not really a conference versus conference game anymore. So. Is that uh, yeah. is that Thursday when they pick that? Is that right? Uh, sometime this week. I thought they said today or week. tomorrow. I know it's always during like the TNT broadcast. Uh, might I guess be TNT might, is Tuesday and might Thursday be tonight. nights. Yeah. Might be tonight. Might be Thursday. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right. So that'll be um, interesting to see. We are going to talk Grizz. As uh, mentioned, they are in action tonight. So we'll talk about them uh, uh, a little bit later on in the show. But, well, it's uh, it's really good to be back in in Arkansas. I've never been more more excited or more ready to uh, to get back home in my life. Uh, quite like I was yesterday uh, because it was definitely an eventful trip to, to Louisiana. So just a general recap. So went Wednesday. Yes. To the uh, to the football uh, signing day press conference, and so that meant you know I didn't get on the road until probably like four thirty, and uh, by the time I got to Monroe Wednesday, it was I don't know like eight thirty nine o'clock something like that, and uh, so got to Monroe Wednesday, it, you know had all day to kill on Thursday, uh, and, you know we were supposed to tip off at six thirty Thursday right night. right. But, you know, we've already talked about it on the show, how everything kind of went down. And, uh, you know, obviously the game doesn't get played on Thursday. And so, you know, it's about 8 o'clock whenever we, whenever we leave the arena on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, we make the three-hour trip uh, to southern Louisiana to go to Lafayette to take on uh, the Cajuns on Saturday. And so, you know, we get there at like, God, I don't know, like 12, 1230 and like literally – I mean, everyone is just exhausted. We go straight to I sleep, <laughs> and uh, so you know, you get Friday and Saturday in. Uh, you know, you get Friday there, you get Saturday there. We wind up staying the night Saturday night uh, in Lafayette, and so you know, Friday and Saturday actually weren't bad because you're you're in one place, and the only driving or traveling or moving you're doing is getting from place to place in said city. Well. I don't know about everyone else, but I started to hit a wall about Sunday afternoon. Okay. Uh, got up Sunday, played golf, and, uh, you know, the team left about 11. I probably left, you know, to go to Monroe about, I don't know, like 1 o'clock, something like that. Got there mid afternoon, and I did much more than get, you know, ULM prep done about 6 or 7 o'clock. And, I mean, I just ran flat into a wall, and it was like that throughout Sat throughout Sunday and Monday. I mean, because that – you know, going from place to place and staying in, you know, a different hotel and all of that eventually kind of catches up. And so that it, it started to catch up a little bit on Sunday. Now, thankfully, yesterday got the win. And so the drive home wasn't as bad as it could have been because I might have felt falling asleep at the wheel if uh, if we didn't get a win, uh, Kevin, because then there would have been no adrenaline or anything like that coming back last night because, I mean, it was it was the definite last leg. Uh, coming back from Monroe last night, so that it turned out to be a uh, a really a really eventful and uh, interesting trip to to say the least to Louisiana. Now, thankfully, from both Matt Stoltz and Caleb Garner, who had both made the trip before, there was no shortage of food recommendations, and so I just kind of took the. Uh, just kind of took the trip and uh, you know ate my way through uh, the state of Louisiana. And so <laughs> there you go. It's hey, not mean, hard like, to do. Listen, from... <laughs> the, there are far worse ways to spend six days than just uh, you know eating yourself through the state of Louisiana. That's I mean kind of what you know kind of what I did. I mean there were only two games to call and we stretched them out over a six game span. So I had to find something to do to uh, to to kill time. That and 
you know, was able to uh, hit up both of the movie theaters in Monroe, Louisiana, and, and get two movies in. Uh, which, by the way, side note, the new Scream movie is good. Okay. Surprisingly good. Did not expect it to be good. Did not expect to like it. Just wanted the kill time. Surprisingly good. And uh, House of Gucci got robbed today at the Oscars because it's really good. But anyways, that uh, that uh, kind of was what went down on the road uh, on the road this week. So got the win yesterday, which uh, which everyone needed because you know it was obvious after the uh, Lafayette game on Saturday that not only the team needed the win, but you know a staff needed the win, and just you know having conversations with them, you know, both on the air and off the air uh, after the game on uh, on Saturday nights and. You know, it was it, it was obvious that they all needed the win because, you know, they've been dealt with the, with a lot of adversity. This is a team that, you know, for whatever reason, has struggled to win away from home. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter how good or how bad ULM is. They needed the win last night, not only for the players, but for uh, – for the staff last night, and so you know that was good for for them to get a win. Uh, you know, started out slow, and honestly, there was a point there about midway through the second quarter of play where uh, ULM got it to I can't remember if it was a three or a four point game, but I mean they they had it right there, and it's like, oh my lord, are we going to get into a battle with with this team on the road? And then you know, A State was able to go on a little bit of a run, get it out to a nine point lead at the half, and. You know, felt really good once it got to that nine-point lead at the half. Especially felt good after A State came out in the uh, in the third quarter playing shot lights out. I mean, they shot fifty-eight percent from the floor in the third quarter and uh, were really able to pull away uh, with a uh, seven-point differential there in the third quarter against uh, against the Warhawks. So really able to uh, really able to pull away in that game and uh, get a decisive twenty-two point victory on the road uh, last night. So. You know, a really good second half of play uh, for the Red Wolves last night. Uh, again, shot 58% in the third. Weren't quite as good in the fourth quarter of play, but, you know, I think you're fine with going 7 of 17 in the fourth quarter if it means that your starters can get some rest. I mean, you you know, you look at this situation for A-State, and it's been a team where you've seen Morgan Wallace, you've seen – uh, Malin Wilkerson, and you know, even at times you have seen uh, Jaira Washington have to go thirty-five plus minutes in a game. Uh, there, there wasn't. There was one player that played thirty or more minutes last night. That was Malin Wilkerson who played thirty. Uh, other than that, you know, most of the players that you have been playing thirty-five minutes a game did not have to get up to that mark. Now. Some of that was because of foul trouble because, uh, you know, Morgan Wallace did get into the foul trouble, picked up three fouls there early on. Uh, you know, Kiera Ellis did get into the foul trouble as well. And, and so both of those had three fouls in the first half of play. But the most the, the most promising sign when you look down this minutes list is that none of these minutes are crazy and you you got to get your starters rest, rest in the fourth quarter. And now uh, you get uh, what I would assume is at least one, maybe a couple of days off before uh, before you get into uh, prep for uh, Little Rock on Saturday inside the uh, Jack Stevens Center. So uh, A-State wound up placing four in double digits. They were led by Lauren Pendleton, who finished with 19. And uh, it wound up being a really good night for the Red Wolves on the road. And uh, Destiny Rogers joined us. In the post-game show last night, uh, you'll hear a few clips from her here coming up. And uh, she just started it off uh, by giving a, uh, a general recap of uh, the night that was in Fant Ewing Coliseum.
I'll tell you what, this ride feels a lot better, uh, riding <laughs> home with a win. Uh, but, you know, we got a tough game coming up Saturday against Euler, at Euler, and uh, we want to make history there on Saturday. So we're going to work, work, work. Um, obviously, they're really, really good defensively. They're always going to be tough. Um, so we got to really lock in, and we got to be confident about what we want to do and who we want to be. Um, you know, today, this is what we did to, to kind of rev them up today. We actually, when we showed them film, we showed them film of us. We did a scouting report of us, yep. and we broke down every tendency of who they are. Um, and so they saw film of themselves today because we felt like today was about us. It was us versus us. And if we could be the best uh, best us that we could be today and play the way that we knew we could play, that we knew that we would have this outcome. So you could tell in film they really locked in. And just seeing good clips of themselves, I think, gave them some confidence. And uh, so I'm just really proud of the way this team responded. That was, uh, that was her actually talking about Saturday's game at uh, Little Rock. That was our last clip from, uh, from the post-game show last night. Uh, just, uh, you know, we'll play a couple from, uh, from the – continue on to the post-game from uh, her comments from last night. Uh, you know, she did start off uh, by giving us a recap of, uh, of the night that was against ULM. Just talked about, hey, you know, issued a challenge to this team. They were able to respond and get a 20-plus point win on the road and was just really proud of the way – uh, that this team battled on the road last night uh, in a game against the Warhawks. Well, let me first say thank you, Lord, because <laughs> 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 it's been a while since, you know, we felt like this after a game. Um, but, you know, I just I just keep telling this team, all you got to do is just stay the course. Um, you know, I, I still think that we're a really good team. I still think that on any given night we could compete. And let me tell you something, after – uh, the game at Lafayette, obviously I was not pleased defensively. I got on them pretty good, and they responded tonight. So I'm really proud of my team for responding kind of to that tough love. I challenged them. I challenged them hard because I know how good that we could be. And they came out tonight. They were, I could tell them one moment, they were focused. They had good energy. And I, I felt at the start of the game, I felt like we were going to have a really good game. Uh, we'll play a couple of more here. We'll uh, we'll go into the Trinity Jackson clip uh clip next because so this was a deal so she shot two of ten on Saturday against the Cajuns and was doubled tripled in the post and never could get anything going for a state offensively didn't shoot it well uh, you know just to be honest didn't give a state really good minutes defensively either and this was something that Destiny Rogers was not happy about uh you know in our postgame conversation you know on the air and then you know just having a chance to kind of talk to her on Saturday night and this was something that on Saturday night you know she had mentioned the fact that she may not start on Monday because you know we need her we need the Trinity Jackson that we've got earlier in the year and just don't feel like that you know, we got it on Saturday. And so she really issued a challenge to to Trinity Jackson, not only Trinity Jackson, but the rest of the team, but most specifically uh, Trinity Jackson. And, uh, man, she responded last night uh, for Ray State in a big way. Challenged her, and I mean I challenged her hard. <laughs> I didn't start it tonight. Um, and she responded the way I knew she would. Um, you know, we just, we just, we depend on TJ. And TJ's got to understand that even when it's not going your way, you got to play hard. And she did that tonight. She gave us a double, a double, double. I thought she was solid. I thought she was uh, very positive on the floor and uh, super proud of the way she played tonight. The other thing she talked about, which, you know, I did think was a, uh, what's a big storyline in last night's game was a player freshman. Uh, you go back to Saturday, Jade Upshaw knocks down three straight threes there in the third quarter of play to get you back to a um, a single-digit game at one point against the Cajuns. 
Last night, it was Lauren Pendleton who uh, went for 17. And, you know, Destiny Rogers mentioned it in her Zoom today, and this is something that, you know, we kind of talked about after the game on Saturday as well, off the air. She mentioned that on Saturday, you know, Lauren Pendleton kind of came up and said, I didn't shoot in the first half of play because I just didn't feel like my rhythm was there. I wasn't confident in my shot uh, and that sort of thing. And this was a challenge that not only, you know, Coach Rogers, but this entire coaching staff kind of issued to her going into last night was if you get the ball and get a look early on, take a shot. Uh, She missed her first shot but she wound up shooting 50% from the floor and went for 17 in the first uh, half of play last night. And then Jade Upshaw, uh, who draws the start for the Red Wolves, got 11 points last night. She just talked about after the game the play of uh, those two freshmen in particular last night for the Red Wolves. I've been saying since we started, we got some good freshmen. I've been saying <laughs> it. I'm going to keep saying it. Those two are special. Uh, you know, those two provide something for us that, you know, most freshmen just don't. They yeah. got that confidence. They're kind of playing with that swagger, and they're starting to figure it out. We put L.A. on, on their best player uh, in, in number zero, and uh, she she did the best she could, you know, challenge, making her challenge. Uh, she was challenging every shot. Um, and, you know, I thought that L.A. was huge for us today. Then we put Maya on zero, and I thought Maya had a terrific second half. Defensively, yep. uh, that was the best I've seen Maya play defense in a while. And uh, I gave her flowers after the game. She was huge on number zero uh, in the second half. So that was uh, Destiny Rogers after the game last night. And by the way, she was right about Maya Love. I mean, it's not going to show up on the stat sheet, what she did this weekend. But, you know, going back to Saturday, there were a couple of times in that game against uh, Lafayette where, I mean, A-State had to go zone just because of the way that you know, the Cajuns were, were were getting a chance to pound the ball inside and the, the amount of paint points that they were able to generate on Saturday. And so they went to a 2-3 zone. There were a couple of times Saturday where, you know, Maya Love's at the top of the 2-3 zone and she just flat out stops a dribble drive and probably takes points away from the Cajuns. Uh, and then yesterday, you know, gets put on Whittington in the second half of play and, uh, you know, is one of the reasons that she doesn't shoot it very well from the floor. So a really good defensive showing uh, for Maya Love this weekend in Louisiana. Uh, as you heard earlier, next up for the Red Wolves, it'll be a, a trip to the Jack Stevens Center on Saturday to take on Little Rock. We'll obviously touch more on that game as uh, we get closer to Saturday. Right now, we're going to take a timeout. We'll come back for a short segment about 12 minutes away from catching up with Curtis Wilkerson over at hogsports.com. So that's coming up after this timeout here on The Ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Make sure your sweetie gets something even sweeter than chocolate this year. Fresh flowers from Posey Peddler. Posey Peddler has a fantastic selection of flower vases, including the love story, a dozen roses, and a beautiful mosaic vase. Or maybe the always-on-my-mind vase with a full two dozen spectacular red roses. And don't forget the always popular dozen roses vase. Stop by Posey Peddler at 135 Southwest drive in Jonesboro or call 870-932-2231. Make it easy and order early online at posypeddler.com. Hytrol's mission is to create material handling technology and relationships that move the world. You see the mission statement being lived out pretty much everywhere at Hytrol. It's a pretty unique mission in that there's a greater purpose in it. Think about the idea of moving the world, everything that we use in our day-to-day lives that our families use everything is impacted by the work that we do at Hytrol. 
and so there's a bigger purpose there. Become a part of the Hytrol family. Visit careers.hytrol.com. Gazaway Ace and Paragould and Jonesboro remind you that whatever the project, they're the place that has everything you need. Skip the rake this season. Power up your cleanup with an Ego 650 power blower. Check out the full line of Ego tools and save 10% on the Ego 650 blower. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks and helping you is the most important thing we do. That's Gazaway Ace on Hilltop and Jonesboro and West Kings Highway in Paragould. Gazaway Ace is the place you want to go. Every person deserves respect, and that's what you're promised when you work with Stanley Woodard Law Firm. Bill Stanley and Jared Woodard are proud former lettermen at Arkansas State, and with over 45 years' experience, they've earned their reputation as hometown lawyers that get big city results. In fact, they've both been recognized in the National Trial Lawyers Association Top 100, whether it's personal injury, nursing home neglect, criminal defense, or civil litigation. Get respect, results, relief with Stanley Woodard Law Firm. Call 932-2000 and visit stanleywoodard.com. Linux Industries, 125 years strong in the HVAC industry, is hiring salaried professionals in our Stuttgart commercial manufacturing facility. Linux's customer demand is at an all-time high. And to meet that demand, we have several salaried positions open. We currently have multiple openings for engineers, production supervisors, quality engineers, quality management, and purchasing positions. Linux offers the best overall benefits package in the industry and has been operating in Stuttgart since 1974. If you are ready to grow your career with an industry leader in HVAC and join the premier employer in Southeast Arkansas, then visit linuxinternational.com careers. That's linuxinternational.com careers. Or text my cool jobs to 97211. Text my cool jobs to 97211. Linux Industries is an equal opportunity employer. We're always rooting for over time round here now let's get back to the setup all right welcome back here on the setup okay carlton will oswalt with you on a tuesday edition of the show here on the ticket radio network uh by the way programming notes uh, we are going to chat with Curtis Wilkerson coming up in a few minutes. Matter of fact, this is going to be an extremely short segment because of that. Uh, but tomorrow, uh, at least for the opening segment, maybe for the first uh, couple of segments of uh, the show, just depending on how uh, the conversation goes, uh, we are going to get a chance to uh, to catch up with uh, produ- with uh, producer Andrew Bowen, who is oh, boy. Uh, on site in uh, <laughs> Connecticut uh, working on the uh, Winter Olympics coverage with an internship through uh, NBC Sports, and so uh, going to get to uh, to catch up with him for a uh, for a little bit tomorrow, which will be a, a good way to uh, to start off the show. Certainly, will be uh, some interesting things to uh, to talk about there, uh, and and honestly, we'll need to fill me in on a lot of things because first off, like been on the road and just haven't had a chance to to sit down and watch literally any of the winter olympics coverage and uh secondly like i don't know i just the interest level is not quite there for me but anyways uh it will be good to get uh to get his uh side of uh what's going on in uh in nbc's coverage of the uh winter olympics uh this year so that uh that'll come up tomorrow to uh to start off uh start off the show uh all right so 
didn't really get a chance to uh, to talk about it. And honestly, we're not going to spend too much time on it because it's already kind of dated a little bit. But uh, the men's team did get a win on Saturday, which was which was exciting. Uh, they were able to split the weekend this weekend against uh, you know against uh, the Louisiana schools. Took down the Cajuns sixty-seven to fifty-eight. Uh, Mike Bellotto did have a Zoom today, so we are going to try and uh, get some audio uh, from that earlier. Uh, or from that uh, for tomorrow's show, but uh, you know it was a nine-point win for A State on uh, on Saturday. Even though North Shadow Mir played really well this weekend for the Red Wolves, uh, he did not get the uh, Sun Belt uh, Player of the Week. That went to uh, Louisiana Monroe's Andre Jones, which hey, I get it. Uh, it was the first conference road weekend sweep for the Warhawks since February of 2018. And he had a career-high 30 points. And so, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. doesn't mean I like it, but, I mean, I get it. Uh, so, Andre Jones was your uh, Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week uh, award winner this week. Uh, actually, kind of am excited, though, because, you know, with the with the weird dynamic of the women's schedule over uh, the course of the next two weeks, that means that there will be no conflict in watching A-State on a Thursday night when they're at Troy. Very true. So we'll get to watch and watch and listen to that entire game. And then on Saturday, too. Uh, I mean, the women play at 2 o'clock in Little Rock. And so, I mean, by the time that game's over, we'll be, you know, home probably sometime, you know, about halfway through the first half of play or somewhere around there, maybe even at the start of the game. So uh, might actually get to watch, like, both games this weekend, which will be a nice uh, – a nice uh, change of pace to be able to watch uh, the men's team for uh, for both games this weekend. So uh, excited about uh, that coming up this uh, coming up this week. All right, uh, so we don't have much time here, but there have there has been a little bit of NBA news today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, honest honest to goodness, like I the the NBA trade deadline just kind of crept up on me I, like I always know what's around this time but I just I, I don't know it just kind of crept up a little bit and uh, it is actually on Thursday that the NBA uh, trade deadline is going down and so that means there is a significant amount of movement within the NBA today uh, the Pelicans have already made a trade to acquire the services of uh, the uh, of CJ McCollum from the uh, Blazers, they get C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, and Tony Snell. Meanwhile, the Blazers get Josh Hart, uh, Nikhil Walker-Alexander, and a couple of other players along with three different picks, uh, first-round pick and two uh, second-round picks. So that was the news that broke this morning, uh, that Portland is breaking up uh, the duo of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum, and now uh, they're going to have a lot of money in uh, in cap space. Uh, so much so that uh, you know, I think Woj put out that they are going to try to sign a couple of uh, a couple of players to uh, to some big contracts this uh, this off season because they are going to have about sixty million dollars in uh, in cap space. And then the, then the one that came out uh, about an hour or two ago is that. Uh, the the Sacramento Kings are trading their best prospect yeah. to the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, uh, Tyrese Halliburton is headed to the Pacers from the Kings, which I mean, just honestly, kind of makes no sense. Uh, the the Pacers are getting 
or their Pacers are trading uh, Demontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Ju- Justin Holiday to Sacramento for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hield, and Tristan Thompson. And so uh, have seen no shortage of uh, Kings fans on uh, Twitter <laughs> complaining about that trade today. So already, uh, already some big names on the move in the NBA, and I'm sure that will be the case as uh, we get closer to that Thursday trade deadline. Uh, speaking of big, there is a big game tonight Whoa. up on the hill in uh, Bud Walton Arena as number one Auburn pays a visit to Fayetteville to take on the Razorbacks. Curtis Wilkerson going to join us on the other side of this timeout to talk about that and more after this on the ticket. Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on the ticket. Several years ago, an older female customer had an accident. I heard about it and called her. She let me know that she was okay, but it wasn't her fault. The accident happened in front of her house. I asked what happened, and she said, Danny, I was turning in my driveway, and a man hit me, and I turn in my driveway at the same time every day, and everyone knows that, and he still hit me. Glenn Sane, and God bless our troops. at First Financial Mortgage. Here's what Angela had to say. We bought and refinanced through First Financial Mortgage. It was an easy, stress-free process both times. We will continue to use them and refer everyone to them. I also had a friend getting a mortgage from a bank and she was having a horrible experience. I gave them the number for Mary at First Financial Mortgage and now they own their own house, which relieves so much stress for them. Call Mary Tucker today, 935-7808. First Financial Mortgage, equal housing lender, member FDIC. Stops the dribble on the right side, get it inside to Wesley, he gets it to go. What's up, Red Wolves fans? This is Keon Wesley with A-State's Men's Basketball, and we can't wait to see you pack First National Bank Arena out for our final home games this season. For the remainder of the season, you can purchase upper-level admission for just 8 bucks. To secure your seat, visit astateredwolves.com slash tickets or call 870-972-2781. Hello, this is Bob Moore with Moore Air Conditioning. With the Super Bowl right around the corner, nothing can ruin the party like a cold house. So why not let our team at Moore Air Conditioning make sure your system is running the best it can with the Moore Super Checkup. All for $54 for 54 years serving you. Now that's a super deal worth catching. Call Moore Air Conditioning today, 870-336-2023. You deserve more, don't sell for less. Veterans can face unique challenges that lead to difficulty finding or keeping a home. VA is here to help veterans secure safe, stable housing. If you or a veteran you know is homeless or at immediate risk of becoming homeless, call 877-424-3838. In times of fear, World Vision has been there for the most vulnerable. For the last 70 years, we've stood with kids and families during some of the world's hardest times. Through natural disasters, war, and disease, delivering life-saving aid and support, helping rebuild lives, and empowering entire communities to lift themselves out of poverty. And we're doing the same today. Because rising to these challenges is in our DNA. And with every act of courage, faith, and love, at home and abroad, We do more than just stop the spread of fear. We replace it with hope. Learn more at worldvision.org. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket.
All right, welcome in, or welcome back into a Tuesday edition of the setup here on the Ticket Radio Network. Kate Carlton, Will Oswalt, with you as we now get a chance to go to the Ritter Communications Hotline up to the northwest corner of the state and check in with our friend Curtis Wilkerson over at hogsports.com, who is with us now. Curtis, how are you on what I'm sure is just a very uneventful day uh, in Fayetteville today? Yeah, I mean, nothing going on, you know, up in these parts, guys. It's pretty, you're pretty run-of-the-mill average Tuesday, I guess. Uh, no, it's, it's uh, the atmosphere up here is incredible right now. Obviously, number one, Auburn coming to town tonight to play the Razorbacks for the first time that Arkansas has hosted the AP number one team inside Bud Walton Arena, which is crazy to think about. And uh, people are excited about it. The, uh, the line of the students is wrapped around the building and halfway across campus at this point, and I, I'm sure Bud Walton is going to be rocking tonight. I just hope that the game matches the hype and the buildup. <laughs> no doubt. Well, uh, we'll touch on that game, and obviously that's going to be the bulk of our conversation uh, today is uh, – the magnitude of that game tonight at uh, at Bud Walton. But first, I want to go back to uh, to Saturday because Arkansas was able to extend their uh, winning streak uh, to to eight now, as uh, they were able to get the win over uh, Mississippi State on uh, on Saturday. Uh, so, just want to kind of get your uh, your overall takeaways in a six from a sixty three to fifty five uh, Razorback winner on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, nice win for the Razorbacks. You know, Mississippi State is a they're a tough matchup. For Arkansas, I assume anybody, they're such a big physical team, uh, you know, in the front court, and then they've got one of the best guards in the conference, and Iverson Molinar, that's a, a team that beat yeah. Arkansas earlier in the season in Starkville, so, uh, you know, the Hawks had some revenge on their mind, I, I thought it was interesting, you know, Arkansas played at, at Georgia earlier in the week, and really had an offensive explosion, they scored 99 points and, and won that game by 26, and uh, that was kind of the outlier in this run that Arkansas has been on. They, they've really been relying on just suffocating defense. Uh, aside from that Georgia game, they kind of got back to their, their ways, I guess you could say, on Saturday against Mississippi State. Uh, you know, the Bulldogs were scoring about 77 a game in SEC play coming in. Arkansas held them to 55, held them down to 35% shooting from the field, uh, which is good because Arkansas didn't get much going offensively either uh, until late. You know, this is a close game. Uh, you know, really until deep into the second half. And Arkansas put on an 11-2 run uh, at one point to gain a little bit of separation, and, and Mississippi State closed it back down, and Arkansas put a 10-3 run on. They only hit four threes all night. They hit two or three of them there in the last couple minutes uh, to pull away and, and get the win. It's a nice quad two victory for Arkansas, and, and obviously they were happy to continue that winning streak heading into this game tonight. You mentioned the offense, and it it is uh it, it's quite the change from the first half to the second half. When you just look at the box score, you go from shooting twenty six percent in the first half of play to shooting forty eight and a half percent in the uh, in the second half of play. So, what were what were the differences there offensively uh, for Arkansas in that game? Well, you know, in Georgia earlier in the week, Arkansas made a season high fifteen three pointers, and. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw that coming. It's not a team that shot particularly well from beyond the arc this season. Yeah, and it's one thing Eric Musselman said. You know, leading into that Mississippi State game, he didn't want them to get three happy. Uh, when Arkansas does shoot it well from the perimeter, it, it happens organically. It's through the offense. They they make their living the bread and butter for this team is attacking the rim, getting to the free throw line, and, and scoring around the basket. 
and teams have to account for that. You know, it usually leaves you open for some kickouts. You get some rhythm, catch and shoot threes, more high percentage shots. Arkansas was settling a little bit. I thought in the first half against Mississippi State, they shot 13 threes, one of 13 uh, in that half. And you know, I think there was probably a pretty colorful conversation in the locker room at halftime about shot selection and, and the emphasis being on getting to the rim. And Arkansas did that in the second half, and they kind of got back to you know their DNA. And they saw some more success. So, uh, yeah, I think that was definitely the difference. You know, not settling from three, being more aggressive, getting to the rim. Um, and then, you know, uh, I, I think they made a nice adjustment, you know, to to kind of counteract things on the defensive end. J.D. Note was guarding Iverson Molinar. He's doing an okay job. Uh, but you want your, your best scoring guard. You want to take a little bit of pressure off of him. So Musselman switched all these Tony, who's, you know, 6'6", six, six, a big athletic yep. wing, put him on Molinar, made him work a lot harder. It took some of that heat off J.D. Notes, and he was more effective offensively after halftime as a result. So it was a good win for Arkansas on Saturday, and now uh, their attention is uh, firmly on the Auburn Tigers tonight. Uh, it's the first ever ranked opponent inside, or first ever number one ranked opponent inside Bud Walton Arena. I guess first ranked opponent overall in Fayetteville since uh, UNLV in the nineties, maybe tonight. Would that yeah, be right? I, I think that's yeah, I think that's the case. That was the last time um, Arkansas had back to back number one opponents in over those two years. I think Houston was the first that came in, and then UNLV the following year, uh, and that's been it. So it's been a long time coming. It's just. It's just crazy to think about to me when you think about you know some of the teams that Kentucky has had, uh, you know Florida won a couple national yep. championships. I mean, there's been some really good SEC teams, uh, and and a number one hasn't come to Bud Walton. Are you kidding me? So it's, uh, it's a big deal, you know, and, and people are excited about it. Obviously, there's a lot of buzz going into it. You know, the players are going to be jacked up for it, but it's interesting. You know, it's been the thing with this team. The theme you know, as they've got on this front is it's one game one day at a time, and they don't make anything their Super Bowl. They don't, they don't you know, take any opponent uh, lighter or, or put a heavier emphasis on anybody, regardless of who it is. Uh, and it's almost annoying as a, as a beat writer <laughs> for them. You, know, you want to get the juicy quote about playing the number one team in the country. They don't care. It, it's just a number to them. It's the next opponent on the schedule. And hopefully that helps them in terms of you know, staying focused and, and really just kind of maintaining a steady, even keel because – you know, while a, a wild crowd at Budwald Arena can serve kind of as that, that six-man uh, type of atmosphere, you know, how often do you see a, a home team in this exact situation maybe get a little too caught up in the hype and come right. out flat? Or maybe they come out with a ton of energy early and then they don't have anything left in the tank down the stretch. And, and Eric Musselman is aware of that. It's something they've addressed. So I'm really anxious to see not only how Auburn, the number one team in the country, handles this type of environment, but how does Arkansas respond to it as well? Yeah, I think it's interesting because, you, like you mentioned, you know, the definite excitement levels. You know, we've already seen the videos and pictures of students camping out this morning. I think there's like 30 tickets available on resale right now. Uh, so nobody has given up their tickets for this game. It's one of the hardest tickets to get uh, probably in college basketball this year. I mean, so just what are the what is the level of excitement uh, with this fan base uh, over this game right now? It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, the, the Arkansas fan base is uh, unique, to say the least. You know, and I, I think a lot of that comes with just, you know, there, there are no professional teams around. You know how it is. Yeah. Uh, it, that, that's the only show in town. 
Uh, and people are passionate about it. And, and I think just like a lot of the, the programs do and the teams do, uh, the Arkansas fans walk around with a chip on their shoulder, and they think they're the best. They believe that. They finally have to show it off a little bit during football season, you know, the program turning it around. Uh, and I think Arkansas, is a, it's a proud basketball program and fan base. A rich history, a lot of tradition there. And it's been a while since Arkansas has kind of been back to this point. They're coming off from the Elite Eight run. And even though they're playing the number one team in the country tonight and they're the underdog, uh, they expect to win this game. And, and it, people are excited about it. But at the same time, uh, it's interesting how many people have chimed in and said, you know, I think Arkansas probably just needs to act like they've been there before. And, you know, people have talked about maybe, you know, are they going to storm the court if they are, are fortunate enough to pull off the victory tonight? And a lot of people are saying, no, we don't, we don't do that here. And so it's, it's just a really interesting dynamic. It's kind of a contrast. Uh, between maybe the the older generation and, and the younger folks and and the students, so I'm going to be anxious to see. But you know, regardless of what the final outcome is, uh, people are jacked up for it, and they want to prove you know on a, on a national stage that Budweiser Arena can be one of the best environments in college basketball. They've earned that reputation. Uh, no better opportunity than to showcase that tonight. Talking with uh, Curtis Wilkerson here of Hogsports.com. Just a, a couple of more things here. Uh, just interested on. You know what Eric Musselman kind of kind of thinks about this game. You know, I've seen a couple of clips from him. Obviously, you know, I'm sure he's excited to be able to coach in in this type of environment that is going to be there at Bud Walton tonight. But what have you kind of gotten from him on you know kind of what he thinks about uh, this matchup tonight? Well, it's it's interesting. You know, he he mentioned you know obviously the excitement for the players and the fans, and he said you know as a coach he doesn't know how excited he can be when he looks at Auburn's roster and yet. They're number one for a reason. They've won 19 games in a row for a reason. Uh, they pose a lot of problems for anybody, not just Arkansas. And you know, I think it starts with a guy like Jabari Smith. You know, when you've got a 6'10 uh, guard essentially who can can do the things that, that Jabari Smith is doing as a freshman, inside out, uh, you know, off the dribble. He's their best three point shooter. Um, you know, trying to figure out how to limit that guy. That's that's a tall task. And, Speaking of tall tasks, you got Walker Kessler on the inside. This is a guy that's got 97 block shots by himself this season. Arkansas is not a bad shot-blocking team. They're middle of the pack in the SEC. Yeah. They have 101 as a team. So Kessler's <laughs> almost outdoing them by himself. So, uh, And that's without even mentioning a, a dynamic backcourt that has a lot of different guys that do a lot of different things. They're deep. Uh, and, and quite honestly, Bruce Pearl is you know, as true as those X's and O's. He's about as good as it gets. So uh, it's it's a, obviously a very difficult matchup. Arkansas is playing really well right now. Auburn is too. So uh, I, I think the hope for Razorback fans is that you know that atmosphere can maybe push them over the top because it ain't going to be easy. And and after this game, it doesn't get much easier moving forward for the Hawks. You mentioned it. Uh, you know, obviously it's going to be a tough challenge with Arkansas. Or with Auburn, but Arkansas is going to have the advantage with the crowd. So, I mean, in your eyes, what does Arkansas have to do to win this game tonight? Well, I, I think they have to make sure, one, you know, that, kind of like I mentioned before, that the atmosphere becomes a total advantage for them. Yeah. Um, and, and that means managing themselves and, and keeping that tunnel vision that they've had and staying focused on the task at hand, not getting too caught up, not too high, not too low. It starts there, but then – uh, you know, I, I think you have to figure out how to navigate around the rim protection that Auburn has offensively, and, and part of that comes uh, with you know maybe getting a guy like a Walker Kessler. You got to draw him out from under the basket somehow, and 
I think you look at a Jalen Williams for Arkansas, a guy who's really starting to heat up from three-point range. Uh, maybe Kessler's going to have to get out there and respect him a little bit and open some things up about around the rim for the rest of the guys. Uh, so I, I think that's a factor, maybe getting him involved in some ball screen action and, and making him move a little bit. It'll be really interesting to see how Arkansas attacks on the offensive end. But then defensively, you know, it's been the DNA. It, it's, it's been the calling card for this Razorback team. They've held seven of eight opponents below 40% shooting, uh, a lot of them under 60 points. I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against a team like Auburn, but can they, can they slow them down? Can they frustrate them a little bit? Uh, you know, this new starting lineup for the Razorbacks has, has done a phenomenal job on that end of the floor. They're going to need a big-time performance tonight if they're going to walk away with a victory. Well, Curtis, uh, as always, appreciate the time. Uh, looking forward to seeing your coverage uh, tonight uh, from what should be a big game. And I know uh, you guys will have a ton of stuff uh, up at Hog Sports uh, throughout the course of this week as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. We're going to be all over the coverage for this one. And, uh, you know, hopefully for my sake it comes in a win. That way people read <laughs> the stories. But if not, we're still going to write about it. And hopefully you guys read it anyway. But, no, we're, we're excited. We're enjoying it. And, if, you know, if you're looking for coverage, whether it's basketball or, or baseball getting ready to get geared up, we got spring football. That's crazy. Right around the corner, <laughs> yes. we got you covered over at Hogsworth. Well, Curtis, as always, appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Sounds good. We'll talk to you next week. All right, sounds good. That's Curtis Wilkerson over at hogsports.com joining us as he does each and every Tuesday here on the program. If you missed any of that conversation, it'll be up following the show, uh, soundcloud.com slash 95.3 The Ticket. Also, uh, wherever you get podcasts by searching for the setup. So, a, uh, I mean, listen, it uh, it's probably the, the biggest uh, – game if not the biggest probably the second biggest game in college basketball tonight I mean, we do a really good college basketball slate but I didn't realize this until this morning and you know was just kind of looking over some things that uh Curtis had put out on uh, hogsports.com Bruce Pearl has only won five times in his history of coming to Fayetteville he's like wow. five and 20 Goodness. in his history of playing games in Fayetteville so it's not a place where he has won a lot now I don't think he's ever had a team that is quite as good as this Auburn team that he has this year. I'd say you're right. (laughs) uh, They're a tough out, not just in the SEC. They're a tough out in the NCAA tournament or whatever game they're playing in because they are loaded. So that'll be a good game tonight, 6 o'clock over on ESPN2. All right, uh, we'll take a timeout, come back, close out the show after this here on The Ticket. Our advice? Just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Good afternoon. I'm Kate Morgan and for Scott Woodson, it's time to take a look at your EAB market countdown. March corn at 632 and a quarter, down three. May down three and a quarter at 634. March soybeans at 1569, down 12 and three quarters. May down 13 and three quarters at 1572 and a half. March wheat at 778 and three quarters, up 10. May up eight at 784. March cotton at 127.07, up 150. May up 96 at 123.96. March rice at 1526, down 19. May down 20 at 1551. In the livestock complex, February live cattle at 141.98 up 15. April down 23 at 146.18. March feeder cattle at 166.88 up 185. April up 150 at 171.78. And February lean hogs at 90.33 up 263. April up 253 at 103.80. That's your market countdown from your EAB Ag Network. Have a great day. 
Meet Farm Op Capital, the lender who believes in your potential. Saying yes more often than they say no, Farm Op Capital offers unique terms based on your proven ability to produce instead of how much land you own. Whether you're a farmer who rents, a farmer who's looking to expand, or a farm in transition, they can help you explore all the possibilities for the future of your business. Get started at farmopcapital.com today. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. When it comes to servicing your vehicle, trust the folks at Purcell Tire and Service Center. Purcell provides unbeatable service, and that includes free alignment checks on their state-of-the-art Hawkeye alignment machine. Plus, every Tuesday is Ladies' Day at Purcell, where all ladies get an oil change, tire rotation, and brake inspection for just $37.95. And Purcell continues to be the home of the lowest price around on quality Michelin tires. Call them at 972-TIRE, 972-TIRE, or go see your friends at Purcell Tire and Service Center. Parker and Carol. Away, Jonesboro. The folks at 1812 Pizza Company want to thank you for supporting locally owned businesses during times like this. At 1812 Pizza, still feeding your family the best pizzas, sandwiches, and salads at all three of their locations. You can get curbside pickup in Manila or at Hilltop, and the Ray Street location has a drive through window. Delivery is available from all 1812 Pizza locations, and it's brought to your door by one of their employees, not a third-party company. From their family to yours, thanks for eating local with 1812 Pizza Company. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Will Oswalt with you here on a Tuesday edition of the show. Here on the Ticket Radio Network, always appreciate Curtis Wilkerson over at hogsports.com stopping by for a uh, visit each and every Tuesday. Always good to catch up uh, with him, especially when uh, Arkansas has a really big game tonight uh, taking on the Auburn Tigers up in Fayetteville. So uh, that'll be up following the program uh, here at about 20, 30 minutes or so on uh, SoundCloud on SoundCloud by searching for 95.3 The Ticket and also uh, through podcast by searching for the setup. Um, all right, so when we were last on the year, it was Friday. And about that time, the, the, the Harson story out of Auburn was really starting to gain some traction. Yeah. And there was just a, a ton of stuff coming out from that. And it honestly, like, it, it kind of looked like maybe his firing was imminent at Auburn. And then it has just kind of died down and gone away since uh, since really Friday. And, you know, just haven't seen a ton of stuff come out of it, uh, which kind of makes me think that Auburn may be looking for calls to fire him and doesn't necessarily have anything that they can prove that would, you know, be able to fire them because obviously they aren't going to, they don't want to have to pay that big buyout and, owe him and Gus Malzahn both a ton of buyout money, which would probably put them at like 
I think Harson's buyout is eighteen million dollars. Yeah, heard <laughs> what Gus's was was it thirty or was it more? Ooh, I Actually, I don't think his was thirty. I think his probably was around the same thing too. So, but I mean, anyways, you're probably looking at somewhere in forty million dollars plus of buyouts. And, and who kind of what kind of boosters do they have at, at all? Yes, I mean that's whew. over over a year and a half span of you know of forty million dollars in buyouts. I mean that is a lot, a lot of money. But uh, this came out yesterday. And it actually came out, but uh, I guess about midday yesterday, because I saw it like right when I got to, uh, uh, right when I got set up at the arena yesterday, uh, and uh, was getting ready for the game. Derek Mason was the defensive coordinator at uh, at Auburn this year, yes, and he was making, um, I, I think right at one million dollars. So about a week ago. He announced that, uh, or it was announced that he was going to Oklahoma State to be in the same position as the defensive coordinator. Only at Oklahoma State, though, he's going to make about $550,000 as opposed to the nine hundred and fifty to $1 million that he was making at Auburn. So it's about a $400,000 pay cut <laughs> wow. that he's taking just to get out of Auburn. I, I mean, listen. You aren't taking a $400,000 pay cut unless it's about to hit the fan. That's just me. I I just don't think you take the same position and take a $400,000 pay cut if you don't think something's about to hit the fan. And so I just just find that really interesting. Now, like Derek Mason's not struggling for money. He's still the highest paid assistant coach in Oklahoma State history. He's still going to make over $500,000. I can't imagine the cost of living in Stillwater, Oklahoma is that expensive. And so he's going to be fine. But it is interesting that he would take about a $400,000 pay cut to uh, to go to the same position at a uh, at a different place. So I, I don't know what that means for Auburn, but I don't think it uh, – I don't think it uh, – I don't think it's good. So – that's uh that's kind of the latest there as we kind of await to see uh, if anything is actually going to happen with the uh, with the Brian Harson situation at uh, at Auburn. Uh, Tom Brady also uh, coming out today or coming out yesterday and uh, saying that he's happy with his choice of retirement, which he made last week, but to never say never. Oh, he's boy. been in retirement for one week. And he's already using the words never say never in regards to a comeback. <laughs> Sounds like uh, a, a pro wrestler or two that, that has about 17 retirement tours. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he said, I'm going to take things as they come. I think that's the best way to put it. And I don't think anything, uh, you know, just never say never. At the same time, I know that I feel good about my decision. I don't know how I'll feel about that six months from now, though. Would not surprise me if, at all if Tom Brady's on the football field next year. Just pulls a Brett Favre where he goes into retirement like two or three different times and it's like, ah, I miss football too much. I got to come back and play. W- would not surprise me to see uh, to see Brett Favre 2.0 in in, uh, in terms of, of him retiring. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to see if uh, if if Tom Brady is still uh, on that never say never uh, approach when it gets closer to uh, to football season. So. That's uh, that's kind of the latest there with uh, with Tom Brady. All right, so uh, coming up on the show tomorrow, we are going to get a chance to uh, to chat with Andrew Bowen uh, for at least one segment, maybe a couple of segments to start off the show, as 
as he re, as he kind of gives us a recap of everything he's been doing in uh, NBC or helping out with NBC's coverage of the uh, Winter Olympics. Uh, hopefully, in between now and tomorrow, uh, we'll get sleep, which would be uh, fantastic to do a radio show on, uh, <laughs> because there has not been much of that uh, over the course of the last week or so, going from hotel bed to hotel bed. So, uh, hopefully, that will be the case tomorrow as well. And by the way, it is one of the best days of the year because we did get the Oscar nominations today. So now that means for the next month and a half, it's going to be nothing but Oscar-related podcasts for me. So that uh, that came out today as well. All right, that does it for us on the show. The Drive with Brad Bobo is next from 3 to 6. Uh, tomorrow morning, 7 to 10, it's the Front Row with Budge Row. 10 to 12, Red Wolf Roll Call. 12 to 2, it's the Workday Red Zone with Kara Ritchie, which gets you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. For all I'm Cade, so long. Have a great Tuesday. We'll talk to you tomorrow.